HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Cowgirl Creamery, makers of some of the best organic cheeses. Learn more at cowgirlcreamery.com. Have you ever wanted to open a restaurant, launch your own food brand, or dive into the ever-changing world of food media? Well, buckle up. Join us for Aspiration to Action, a special live podcast on Monday, June 3rd at Haven's Kitchen in Manhattan. Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott, hosts of Life's a Banquet, will lead us through tales of the good, the bad, and the transformative. Featuring Food World innovators and HRN hosts Dana Cowan, host of Speaking Broadly, Eli Sussman, host of The Line, along with his brother Max, and Allison Kane, host of In the Sauce, in conversation with Jenny Britton-Bauer. Light refreshments will be provided by Paris Gourmet, Wolfer Estate Vineyard, and To Honey. Get your tickets before they sell out by going to heritageradionetwork.org slash action. Welcome to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guests are Roberto Santana and Alfonso Torrente of Envenante. We'll talk to Roberto and Alfonso about wine, the Canary Islands, Ribera Sacra, other regions, Envenante, and a lot more. We'll taste an Envenante. I don't know what's in front of me um, for our weekly wine sip. I'm your host, Sam Van Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Roberto Santana and Alfonso Torrante are two of the four winemaker owners that make up Envenate, a wine project that focuses on exploring distinctive parcels, mainly in the Atlantic-inflected regions of Ribera Sacra and the Canary Islands in Spain. Along with Laura Ramos and Jose Martinez, they are the new Spanish wine, but with a touch of the old practices. Welcome, Roberto and Alfonso. Welcome. Thank you for coming. <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for sitting with me. I want everyone to know, and I want to thank Liz from Jose Pastor, that it is Memorial Day weekend, and Jose and uh, Roberto and um, Alfonso are on the uh, tail end of a 
pretty uh, busy U.S. tour or market tour or whatever, and we're sitting in downtown Manhattan, and I appreciate you guys taking the time out of a busy schedule. Um, I think you have something really going on, and it'll be nice to discuss with people. So let's give people an idea of who you are and what Envenate is. Um, you guys met in college. Um, and, and let me preface this. Like I said earlier, there's four Envenates. <laughs> I'm with Roberto and Alfonso, Laura and Jose are, you know, back in Spain. Um, but the four of you met in college. Tell me how you guys met, and, and obviously something drew you together. Yes, yeah, so it was uh, the fortune because we met in the college studying from enology, and we came from different, from different areas, Alfonso from Galicia, Laura from Murcia, Jose from Albacete, and me from Canary Islands. We came from studying different uh, careers. For example, Laura and me, we are chemists, Jose and Alfonso, they are engineering of agriculture. So uh, we have something that uh, the same thing that is that we have passion for the wine. So for that reason, we have the choice to choose a study uh, enology in Elche, in the University of Elche. So we met there from different uh, places. So we finished the, in the college in 2005. And then we start to be friends and keep being friends. And the most important thing for us is that we start learning and have the sensibility of about the wine at the same, uh, the, at, uh, we learn with the same philosophy. So right. that, that philosophy uh, keep us together like a friend. And in 2008, we had the choice to buy uh, a small plot in Ribera Sacra. So when we had to buy the small plot, we decided to create the Envinate uh, company. So what was the inspiration to start the company? I mean, uh, you, land became available or you looked to buy some property in Ribera, but the four of you decided that you wanted to become winemakers or? We were, we were uh, after we, we finished the analogy, we were working as winemaker in different okay. uh, cellars. Uh, in some cellars we have, uh, we were very lucky because we worked together, for example, Alfonso and me, or Jose and Laura, so we were uh, keeping, and always we were con connected. So in 2008, uh, one uh, old grower, he was very tired, almost dying, and we had the choice to buy a, a vineyard in, in Rivera Sacra. So we, we went, uh, Alfonso showed to us the, that vineyard, and we start to, to work it. So we, unfortunately, we are not rich people, so we start from that small vineyard, and then we start to consulting another another projects, and that uh, for us was very important because we have uh, learned a lot and have an open mind, but always we we started with the same philosophy, that that we think that is the most important thing. So, Alfonso, was it you that convinced them to buy land in the Ribera Sacra? I mean. Your first property was in Ribera, right? Yes, we, we Alfonso always told us about the Ribera Sacra. So when we first visit Ribera Sacra, if anyone has the choice to go, uh, it's spectacular, it's an amazing place. Uh, when we first see the vines, the other three of Mbinate, we say like, wow, what's going on here? 
So we say we, we, we have to go there. So um, Alfonso, uh, for, was, for us, was a pleasure and was, was great. Did you know... Did you know what you wanted to do? What kind of grapes? What region? I mean, Ribera was your first entree. Did you guys have any kind of plan at that point? Or you just really, you started with the property, you were consulting, and everything evolved after that? Or you always had an idea? We, we always have the, the, the idea that is make uh, something with the same, uh, a thing with uh, the philosophy that we have, that is when we start, and now we have the same philosophy, that this uh, is how we learn to understand a wine, that we think that a wine must to be made from the vineyard, right. not in the cellar. So when we learned about how to, 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 to make a wine, uh, we think that a wine must to have uh, three important things. The first things, one thing, is the pers personality. The personality is given by the soy, different terroir, different personality. For that reason, we think it's very important to understand the soil, study the soil, and more important, to have a, a live soil, not a dead soil. For that reason, we don't work with herbicides. So that points thing. towards organics? Or yes, for right. sure, yes. Okay. The second important thing for us, for our philosophy, is to that a wine must to have character. Different year, we have warm year, dry year, cool year, so it's the character of the wine. If every year we make the wine with the same character, we're making, we are making like uh, some uh, commercial cola products. I right. want to say the brand, so the, that is not uh, our way. The opposite. And the third uh, important thing is the soul of the wine, and the soul is given by the people that is working in the vineyard. It's not the same work with machines that a person that is working every day, that a person that has been working 20 years in the vineyard and is connected to the soil and with the vine. And that thing, the soul, is the, the most important thing right now for us. Each year we learned a lot more about the soul of the people that is working. That is the, the, but we have the same philosophy, but we have more value of the soul than the other thing. We think that the most important thing is make wine with soul. So that's what we wanted to make. For sure, now we're thinking in, we have another view because we have learning and now we think we make less mistakes that at the right. beginning we start making a lot of mistakes. Uh, but we think this is our, our way of life um, and we, is how we, we, we think and we have the same philosophy. No, Alfonso? So if you fast forward, yeah. you purchase your first property in the Ribera today, you own and contract more property, right? For sure, yes. So what I want to ask you is, the four of you are from different areas, different growing regions, and I know the four are one. So what I want you, you each work in separate growing areas. Tell me how Envenate, the four, how you work together. How does that become one? First important thing is that uh, we are friends, and it's a still it's, yes, okay. yes, yes. It's, it's very it's very difficult to be friend with a person as ugly as Alfonso. But, yes, uh, yes, that's why I'm you know, staring I mean, at you. So, but uh, yes, uh, so we we don't think this is a work, it's a job, it's a part of our life. So we think that we have to learning, 
and what we do is to share our knowledge and we are keep traveling because we think it's important that we are in all the all, all the place for sure i i live my my, my home is in in canary islands so i'm more in canary islands alfonso have uh, his, his family house in galicia they travel more but we are in, in all the all the place so what we are doing now is uh, traveling a lot to all the place to learn and have uh, a lot of knowledge and learn about uh, from the old growers that show to us how to interpret the the terroir of the of the vineyard so what we just do is just uh, keep uh, con in contact and all the decision is made by all the four right um so even though and today is very important easy with the you know with the phone you know by by the by the mail it's very easy to be the four of us uh, in contact at the same time it's not like 20 years ago but the interesting thing is you know if you're in france or italy you could bop around drive over the hills i mean you're on an island <laughs> i mean you have to get on and off the island does that present obstacles for you or that's just part of the the deal no, it's just take an airplane. Today you do? Is, yes. We have been traveling in California right now. We were to Santa Barbara, San Diego, Portland by airplane. And it's, today it's very easy to be connected, fortunately. Yes. Okay. Um, I want you to help me visualize um, the regions that you are making wine. And I think now it's it's four regions. I know it's the Canary Islands. I know it's Ribera. I know it's uh, Almanza. Yes. And is there a fourth region now you're making wine, or it's part of that area? No, we we are right now um, uh, working. We we prefer to say work by work vineyards than making wines because we think that we are growers. No, no, no. Yes. So we we have vineyards uh, in Galicia, okay. the Lousas project in Ribera Sacra. In Almansa, that is near, if in the east side of Spain, near Valencia, Alicante, because Almansa. How is far is that from Ribera? Just to give people an idea. Oof. Alfonso, how far is Almansa from Ribera Sacra? Nine hundred kilometers. Oh, it's far. It's okay. Far, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's far, um, and in Canary Islands, we we have we work. We work with vineyards in Tenerife Island in three different areas, Taganana, Orotava Valley, and Santiago del Teide. So three. So I want to get into that a little. So let's start with Canary. So on the Canary Islands, let's just talk about the regions, a little about climate, soil, altitude, grape varieties. So let's move Canary to Ribera to Almanza. So the Canary is very unique because it's an island. Talk to me about... Um, a little about the climate there. There's some altitude, the soil. Um, there's some very, very old vines. Yes. Tell, tell me what makes it very interesting to you. Okay, uh, as well as um, I say, we, we say before that uh, for us it's very important the, knowing the, the terroir, the weather, and the people that were there. Also, we're trying to understand the history. So we think that it's very important to understand the history of Canary Islands, to understand what's going on with the vineyards. We never had phylloxera in Canary Islands. Ever? Never. Never had phylloxera. So what is that? Is that the climate prevents that from happening? Phylloxera used to be an issue that, that used to move uh, 
to, to spread and we, in volcanic soils it's very difficult to spread and right. also it's an island so that two conditions make us that we never had phylloxera so the vineyards that we have are like 500 years ago so canary islands were conquered in the 15th century and the conquest last almost 100 years and the conquest was by Spanish people that were helped by Portuguese. So when the conquest finished in the 1498, the Spanish gave to the Portuguese some pieces of line, land. So we have Spanish influence and Portuguese influence. So depending in what area are you in Canary Islands, you have a Spanish influence or Portuguese influence. Both. So Yes, depending both, depending right. in the in the in the area, um, and then uh, you have that that very big difference about the Spanish and, and Portuguese influence. Also, uh, in Canary Islands, we are in a subtropical area, but we have the influence of the Alicia's winds. The Alicia's winds came from the north of the north area from the north. So when came the Alicia's winds, made the clouds stock in the north area of the islands. So the north area is like more Atlantic. And we have a lot uh Teide, that is the volcano, is three over three thousand. Teide is the name of the volcano. T E I D E. Yes. Teide. Yes. It's okay. higher than Edna from Sicily. It's is higher. It? Okay. So it's we have a, a very steep uh, steep island. So so for that reason the north area of the island is like more Atlantic and the south is more drier. So we have a different kind of of, of climates. Is the north cooler because of those effects? Uh, more um, rainy. Rainy. More than cooler. Okay. Yes, we can say more. And humidity too. Humidity. It's more humidity. Yes, I would think so. Um, all right. Tell me a little about Rivera. Talk to me about you know. From Rivera Sacra. Yeah. Climate, soil. Now Rivera, Rivera Sacra. Uh, the, they, they are like uh, they are in terrace we have the seal river that separate uh, in the both side of the river and the soil that we have there are three different kind of soils we have a nice granite and broken slate that's the three different soil that we have there the the vineyards that we work are mainly in nice and also we have uh, some some vineyards with uh, granite and other with a broken slate. But in our case, we work mostly with nice uh, soils. How about um, in in Almanza? In Almanza, in Almanza is a Mediterranean climate, of course, but depending on the place. It's the, the most Mediterranean climate of all the areas, yes. Almanza, because yes. south. Yes. Okay. It's southeast of Spain, and the Mediterranean climate is, is a Mediterranean climate. Um, it's warm place, but depending on the altitude of the vineyards, we have more more cold or more warm place. And there we we work in different soils. We have chalky and clay for Garnacha Tintorera variety, and chalky and sandy for Moravia Agria. Moravia Agria is a variety. Very interesting for us, but now in Spain and in all the world, it's only 40 hectares, more or less. And we That's have, it? We have four because it's a variety that uh, in the past, uh, in the 80s, uh, the Italian people, French people, and Spanish people too, uh, buy grapes and wine there, only for alcohol and, 
and for color, and this variety, Moraviagra, when it's ripe, uh, have uh, low color and low alcohol and very high acidity. Not this good business for the farmers, and it's in this, uh, at the, in this moment that the people took out. Took out. Took out. Took out. Okay, but uh, for us it's very interesting because it's very freshness and it's very interesting for, for, for our wine. In our place, how this variety is fresh. So fresh. you're working with the diversity of soils, you're working with the diversity of climates. And in Canary Islands, for sure, it's volcanic it, soils. Yeah, kind of volcanic, soil volcanic to granite to chalk, you know. To no, in Canary, mainly volcanic. But yeah, no, but I'm saying when you go ah, to yeah, Rivera, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, overall. Um, but you're also, you're working with grape varietals, and you mentioned a few Alfonso already, that people never heard of. Yes. I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, if you stop people in the street on West Broadway and we start talking about, you know, some of the varietals, um, you, you know, I, I would guess a lot of them are indigenous to the area and, and grow well in those climates and those soils. Tell me... When you went into each of these properties, how familiar were you with the grapes? Is it something, is it a process you had to learn to understand how to farm them best? Did you rely on the people that were there? Um, how to vinify them? I mean, what was the process there? N uh, normally, uh, when we go to a place, we, we think that if a variety, a grape, have been for centuries, it's because it's well adapted. So the work is very easy in the vineyard. The problem is that, for example, if you go to Canary Island and you want to plant Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay, that will be very hard for us. So <clears throat> that is what, what, what we are trying to, to do. Go to place that touch our heart and see that have a great potential and see the, and, and with local varieties, adapted varieties, because we think that the variety, when it's adapted, can uh, tell you the soil is a translator from the soil. So that's what we're trying to do. We want to express the personality that is from the soil. So when you work with varieties that are well adapted, that is what you, you, you just have to do. And then listen to the growers that have been working there for for long, long time. And then you understand a lot of things because what, what we have learned and we are learning is not the same growing in Galicia or in Almanza, in all the places. All the places are totally different and they work in different ways for some reason. reason. Right. This is not a factory. It's like uh, you have to understand the weather, the soil, and the vineyard. And then what we do in the cellar is to interpret what we have learned. So for us, our philosophy is that we have to interpret with sensibility and with uh, uh, respect what we have seen in the vineyard. For that reason, for us, it's very important being the vineyard the most time as possible to be connected with the, with the vineyard. It's funny, up until now, you've talked about, you know, the vineyards and everything comes from there. You talk very little about winemaking, and that points to how important, you know, the... the growing the grape and taking care of the earth and all of that is. I mean, the winemaking, we'll talk about that in a minute. You know, obviously, you can figure that out. But tell me this. I mean, I guess you could say you were responsible for pioneering, you know, the Canary Islands to some extent, bringing a spotlight to Ribera. Um, you, you stepped into a lot of 
older forgotten vineyards, right? I mean, wasn't there an effort on your part to bring some of these vineyards back? I mean, you said the grapes were hardy and they've been there for a hundred years, but does that mean, you know, right away you could pick the next season and make wine? Did you have to go in and do much to some of the uh, vineyards? Yes, we, we, for us it's a process that we are uh, still making. Our first uh, vineyard that we have was in 2008, but our first wine that we make as Envinate label was in 2012. So you waited until everything was yes, right. Yes, be- because uh, we took uh, some vineyards that they were working with herbicide or with chemistry, and we have to balance that. And for us, the Minate project is something that we believe is our our soul is in the in the wine. Right. So we want to put something that we really uh, believe. For sure, we make mistakes, but we but it's not something that we don't believe always. Because uh, some people, if you go to the Canary Islands, they refer to it as Jurassic Park. It's yes. so wild and crazy out there. Yes. I mean, I'm guessing it takes a few years to tame that and bring it back. Like you said, your original vineyard, you didn't really put a label to the wine for four years. So that happened in other vineyards? Yes, yes. It's, it's happening in, in most of the vineyards that we have work that, that uh, needs time to understand and then to interpret it like we want to inter- to like, like what we wanted to interpret it to see that is in the wine. Right. So when we see th- when we are sure that the the wine is what we want to interpret it is when we start to to bottle as uh, as envinate and it takes time. We have to be connected with the with the vines, with the soil right. and with the thing. And it's important here that the in Canary Island have culti system that they never never see and in the university never talk about the, the school systems. And it's very important to understand the school system, talk uh, with the all owners, because for example, Brady system is a, a, a system, culti system unique in the world. Right. And it's very difficult for us to <laughs> interpret this, but now, right. step by step, we But we, being on the ground and working it, you yes. figure it out and all of that. We never have seen that in the books before, so for us, was right. New. That was sort of my question. I mean, you're walking into varietals and regions that you're, you're. I think the passion and the interest is there to solve it. Otherwise, you would have packed your bag, you know, five years ago. So for us, it's very important talk with the old people that have been working there because that is our knowledge, and we have to 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 get value about that. What um. What effect does the Atlantic Ocean have on the wines? Is it just mostly the Canary Island wines, or is the Atlantic an important effect on all the wines that you make? Uh, for sure, in Albahara, no, because it's in the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. And we put Mediterranean wine. And Galicia is affected. We, 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 we feel the, 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 the feeling of the Atlantic. And in Canary Islands, for sure, it's in the middle of the Atlantic. And we have the influence of the Alicia's winds that make that this more Atlantic uh, climate, more than subtropical. Right. Um, all right, we talked about grape soil climate. We talked about all the work in the field. Tell me a little about philosophy and practice in the wine cellar. Um, my guess is you're as rigid in the cellar as you are out in the field, but what are some of the things that are necessary for you to do to make the wines that you want to make? 
for sure in in the wine cellar we are very focused in in don't uh, and interpret the the soil and and <laughs> don't put chemistry of course don't put the uh, commercial yeast and for us it's very important the, tra the transmit the, the the soil of the the the, the, the climate the the place in our wines is for for this uh, Roberto told before that is very important for us the personality the character and the soul in the vineyard is we try we try put uh, these three things in the bottle and in, <laughs> yeah and uh, in the winery we we try for us it's very important the the moment of the of the harvest uh, of course uh, always we decide this moment work uh, in the vineyards taste the grapes, taste the things of the grapes, and decide uh, what, uh, how, inter uh, how interpret the this, this moment in the winery. Right. Is uh, is is in this uh, at the in this moment. This is when when we decide if we work with a uh, old bunch, no old bunch, more stems, these stems, and after. So let let's talk about that. Um, Talk to me about specifics. You handpick, you crush, foot. Um, we, 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 what, what kind of barrels? You know, what do you want to add? Don't want to add? You know, tell me a little about. We think our philosophy of winemaking is that uh, is like we are painting a picture. So for us, it's very important when you paint a landscape to be in the landscape, to see the place. So for us, as Alfonso say, uh, when we make the harvest, the decision is, is in the terroir. We taste the grape, and when we taste the grape, we we see we try to feel how interpreted that terroir. So in the in the cellar, what we are trying to do is to interpret with respect and with sensibility the terroir. So we have different tools, but never adding external things because we think that if we work with chemistry or with commercial yeast, is makeup, and we don't want wines with makeup. We want wines that show by themselves. So, for example, uh, we work with the with the uh, we don't use sulfur because we think that we can handle in the cellar uh, the wines without sulfur with the natural carbonic and with the lees. So, in the cellar, we don't use sulfur. Before bottling, we add a little sulfur because we want to make guarantee that the wines travel. That's more to maybe, protect the wine. Yes, and maybe okay. uh, if you open the bottle in the 20 years, we want to be kept the, the precision of the terroir. For that reason, we, we, we are adding sulfur. Maybe in the future we don't add, but right now we don't know. We, we, are, we want to be sure. Um, so no sulfur, no chemicals? No chemicals for no sure. Chemicals. For that reason, it's very important to have a good grape because the problem is when you don't work in the vineyard, and you have a grape that is not good, it's not balanced, and you need to add a lot of makeup to get balanced. That is, for that we say, the vineyard, the vineyard, and we repeat this a lot because we think we are producer of good grape, and we just want to interpret that. And How do you determine if you want to do whole cluster or distemmed? You don't have a philosophy where it's all whole cluster or not. I mean, it, it varies, right? We, we, we don't have a, um, a recipe. But it's true that when we have soils that are more complex, soil and the roots we think are deeper, we used to work more with a higher temperature and longer maceration because that gives to us uh, more silky tannins um, and can uh, trans translate the terroir. When you, we have, for example, soils that have more clay 
and the roots are not very deep, we work there not with longer maceration and cool uh, fermentation because that gives for us a rustic uh, tannins. More or less, but this is not only allowed, it's not allowed, it's more or less if you make an idea. And if it's a warm year, cool year, it depends the, the depending. But normally, if we have, a, we always trying to get the terroir as possible, so we always work with the higher, high temperature, not cooling. The right. whites, we don't cool because we want to be the terroir more than the flavor of the variety. So well, it's, it's about transmitting the terroir. Yes. Um, and that determines, there's no house style or style or process. It, it depends on the vintage, the temperature, the soil. It's like a good chef. He go to the market, yeah. he see the, the, the fish, and the, the Dif- side, how, how it's going Different to stuff in the fall than in the yeah. summer. The problem is when that's you a, have that's a... That's a good way to put it. When you have a bad fish and you add a lot of sausage to make up, that's the problem. So I've had a bunch of your wines, and they have a brightness. They have an elegance. Um, one of the things that impresses me is there's a clarity. And is that a reflection... I think I know the answer, but I want to hear from all those characteristics are a reflection of the terruño, the the terroir, not the winemaking, right? I mean, to accomplish all of that, it's a transmission of the grape in the field. True? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's it's true. Not a manipulation or anything. No, for sure. That's what we try. It's our philosophy. Yeah. That is the transmission of the the grape. It has to be connected with the the soil and the terroir. Um, We're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to uh, talk a little more about some of the specific wines, and there's a lot of them. Um, I want to subject you guys to our wine list, and we're going to taste a little wine. We're talking to uh, Alfonso Torrente and Roberto Santana from Envenate. You're listening to The Grape Nation. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Cowgirl Creamery, makers of some of the best organic cheeses. Founded by Sue Conley and Peggy Smith, Cowgirl Creamery has been awarded countless times for their products ranging from aged cheeses like Mount Tam, Red Hawk, and Wagon Wheel, to fresh cheeses like Fromage Blanc and Clabbered Cottage Cheese. For more information, head to cowgirlcreamery.com. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. And you know, Heritage Radio Network has thousands more. Hi, my name is Linda Palaccio, and I'm the host on A Taste of the Past here on HRN. Join us on a weekly journey through culinary history, where we explore the when, where, what, and why of food throughout history. You can find A Taste of the Past wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Okay, we're back. We're back with my guests, Roberto and Alfonso from Envenate. Um, let's talk about Envenate wines. There's like 20 of them. How many different wines do you make? 
No, now uh, we have uh, 12 different labels. 12 different labels. Of uh, all, the, all the places. Okay. Places, but uh, we, we, bottle, we bottle for one wine club in the United States, Viticol uh, Club for yeah. Brian McClinton. We bottling a, a little bit uh, labels. Um, so Brian is a master sommelier. Yes. He has a company now called Viticol. Yes. And what is it, like a wine club or a curated uh, selection of wines? Yes. And you provide some wines for him. We, we, we better say uh, his selection of terroir because he came with us. We see the vineyards and then we select the terroirs and we bottle for him the terroirs before we blend for another uh, wines that we, we make. So Alfonso... The 12 labels. 12 labels and two labels more, only for the Pastor selections. It's a project without sulfur. Right. One wine from Riviera Sacra and one wine from Tenerife, from Canary Island. This Chingao project is uh, two labels without sulfur. Okay. Okay. Um, no sulfur? No sulfur. No sulfur. Not no sulfur. even for bottling for shipment. It, no, we, we call that Chingao. That's Chingao? Chingao project. San Sufre, yes. Chingao. No, no, no sulfito okay. way. It's a project because uh, well, uh, as Roberto told before, we, we don't put sulfur in the, in the winery, only before bottling. And when Jose Pastor uh, all the years traveled to Spain for taste the wines in barrels, mm -hmm. in concrete tanks, uh, sometimes uh, he feel uh, in good way uh, two terroirs or one terroir, and say yes, uh, and say yes, uh, it's possible putting bottles without sulfur, and for us it's a, a tool for, for learning about this. It's very, very excited for us, Yeah, this project. It, it is, and I think a lot of people will pick up on that. Um, is it fair to say the majority of the wines come from the Canary Islands and Robara Sacra? No. The, the amount of bottles. No, because in, in Almanza, that is our project is right. in, in Albahara, we think it's a, a exceptional terroir because for working there, the land is very easy. We have good condition and they are uh, pl the, the plots are very big. For If you make an idea, Ribera Sacra and in Canary Islands, we are working between 0 0.2 hectares or 0 0.4 acres to one acre. In in Almansa, our plots are of 10 acres to 20 acres. And we can so you have a larger, you, yeah, you could have yes, more yes. production there. Yes, yeah, so the third the third percent of our production came from Almansa, Alvar. And we think it's a great uh, uh, value because you can have a great quality of, of grape uh, with uh, a little not, not working like, like we're working in the other places. Right. A little easier, more hectares, good yes, quality, yes. and all of that stuff. Do you have your eye towards any other areas or regions? Uh, I mean, are you always looking, or your hands are full now? My my mother say, "Don't make your burst burst bigger than your ass." Okay. So right now we control, uh, we 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 work forty two hectares, and we think that we are very happy because we can handle that vineyards and we think that if we grow more we cannot handle that vineyard so for us it's very important to work in the vineyards to be uh, connected with the with the vineyards that we work so for that reason right now we don't 
it's true that maybe if we see something because we have right. passion, we go there. Maybe the next year we can tell you. It's true that we're making some small, small project, but it's uh, with our friend Jose Maria Vicente from Casa Castillo in Jumilla. That is where we started learning in the, the first uh, setup that we worked. And we are making just about a few bottles, but that, that's for her fun. And that's the only one that different. But maybe in the future, if we if we see one vineyard, one place that when when we see, we say, wow, maybe we 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 will begin with this, but not this in in our minds now. So never say never. No, never. Say. But your hands are full now. And it's important that you have control of the quality and you know the people that you're working with. That's important. Um, unfortunately, and I don't like to um, bring up the negatives, but the wines sometimes are hard to find um, because of the limited production and how important it is for you to make um, you know the best wines. But in New York bigger cities, San Francisco, you can get it in restaurants, you still see it in finer wine stores. Um, has the production grown through the years? Mm, no, production is going to be, it depends the vintage, so we have maybe a little more, a little less. It, but it depends on the vintage. It, uh, it, it, it and your growth spike has happened already, you know, your your acquisition yes, yes, is yes, there, yes. so you're working with what you have. Now, um, now we are very focused in, in invest all the years in buy a little bit long. Right, okay. right. Um, all right, we have a thing called the wine list, and I want to dig into your preferences. I want to ask each of you the same question and give me your best answer, and don't overthink it. It's five questions. They're very simple. And the first question is, what are you drinking now? And it's not coffee or this bottle we're going to taste. It's what are you trying? What's happening this season that you want to try? Is there something that's been interesting you? You know, have you delved into a particular wine? Right now, we're in the United States. We're drinking wines from the United States. Okay. Because we're here, right so now. So, and Rome. <laughs> yes. So, wait, did you say whites from the United States? Wines. 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 No, okay. no, but... Any... Think particular. I know you were out in California. You were in Santa Barbara. Obviously, you were drinking pinots. Yes, we we for for us it's very important that the that the wine reflects the the personality. So we drink wines that that reflect that. Unfortunately, right now you can find these wines in all the places of the world. Right. For sure, we can say to you like classic producers like uh, Bernardo, Rayas that we like, but uh, there are a lot of uh, exciting thing and in California that we have the we were the last week uh, we see uh, amazing projects right uh, that are, are unbelievable yes um, how about you uh, no, for example yesterday we drank a very good bottle for Pierre Bernard okay <laughs> we love Pierre Bernard but uh, we, we 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 try uh, in, in all the moments uh, try uh, drink new new producers new things so you're always interested in trying yeah, new things. Because it's very important for us to learn uh, about the other people, the old producers. Yeah. All right, good answers. This is probably the silliest question of the batch, but we ask everybody if they have a favorite wine and food pairing. Is there a wine and food pairing that you like, that you have more than once, 
that goes so well. I'm not asking you to tell me what a good pairing is. I'm tell I'm asking you what do you like? What do you like? Good company with good wines. <laughs> so That's good. A good a good bottle of Auvergnat. That's good. With good friends. Okay. That's a good pairing. Can you give me a food answer? Yeah, this is the most important thing. <laughs> Why? The, 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 the wine is for... Shared, for, for sharing. Share, for okay. Share. The problem is that we love food. And we like the food and we like the wine, so... <laughs> so as long as you have good wine, good company, yeah. and yes. good food, that in itself is a good pairing. Yes. I'll take that. It depends. If you're looking, if you're watching a basketball game with your friends, or you are in, in the sea with your wife... Uh, there are moments, so... Right. right. Um, I, I don't know how to ask you this, and you tell me how to answer it, but we ask everyone their favorite wine restaurant and or bar. And you guys are based in Spain, you were in California, you're in New York now. Um, I guess let's stay with Spain. If people have the good fortune to visit Spain and travel around and make it, you know, up to the Ribera, even come out to the Canary Islands. Give me a couple of great places that do a great job with wine, wine service, food. Anything come to mind? No, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's uh, with El Cano. El Cano? That's a restaurant? El Cano. Uh, El Cano. El Cano. Okay. E-L-K-A-N-O. Where is that? In Getaria, in Country Basket. Okay. Great food, great wine, yes. good wine list. Yes. Good product, depending on the place, but because in Barce, for example, in Barcelona, it's new wine, new wine bar, it's the Gresca, it's very good wine bar now. Okay. In Madrid. Villamas, Villamas. Villamas in Parafrugel, in the East Coast, almost okay. in Girona. And in Madrid, maybe Laredo, it's a good, a good place for, for the wine now. I think Spain is having more than a moment Yes. with food and restaurants. I mean, yes. go back to Ferry and Adria, and, yes. but even now. It's For example, same. in Galicia, in the coast, now is a very good moment, very young people, very interested in the wines, travel a lot, very good sommeliers. Bagos Vinoteca in Pontevedra, Malauba in Vigo, eh, Berto so there's in Grove. A lot of great places. Yeah. And, and for sure in... Joseph Roca, in Can Roca, is yeah, the best. That's, you know, he, he's that's legendary. A lot of sensibility of wine, and he's the best wine list you ever have. Yeah. Do you do you get a chance to travel around to the big cities, or you get so caught up, you know, in the vineyards and in the cellar and working? I mean, do you go into the cities for business, you know, to talk to accounts or restaurants, or you're so busy? We used to go to the cities for eating and drinking. So yes, right. when we have the choice, we go. Yes. Okay. We but you but go. you are busy. I would yes, guess. we are busy. But what we used to to when we have the chance, we used to go to see friends and, right. and to see. It's very right. important that. All right. Next question, second to last. Do you have a favorite all-time wine? Favorite. Favorite wine, of all time. Now, the question used to be answer it as the most expensive wine somebody had or the rarest vintage it's changed to an experience like this is the champagne i had when i got engaged or this is the first san joseph i ever had what's a wine that's made a real mark on you within uh, uh, overnois 
Piero Bernois, de Pulsar, okay. when we have the first time, yeah. um, Rayas. I think that depending on the moment, but uh, a lot of bottles you never forget because it's a very good moment with friends, right. very good producers, and you remember this. But for sure, we we never forget the the, the first bottle of Overnois. We we drank in Bon in Burgundy, uh, producer for Jura, and for us it's a, a light, we we see light, the light. But uh, of course, we never. Henry Hayer. We never forget Henry yeah. Hayer. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Never, we never forget our first bottle of Rayas. We never forget our first bottle of Musigny from Mounier. So Burgundy, for sure, is very memorable. And Ron. And Ron. Ron, Jura. The Auvernoir is impossible to get now. <laughs> in the United States. It's a very difficult wine. I mean, it was available, I guess, as Burgundy was years ago. You know, yes. now it's, it's so hard to get. Um, all right, last question. This is a hard one, and you guys are winemakers. I ask this to a lot of sommeliers and writers and all of that. And they, I ask people, what do they think the best wine, best value wine for about $15, $20 U.S. dollars? Um, and I won't keep it there, but here's the context. I have kids in their 20s now, and they're starting to go to dinner parties, and they don't want to bring a crappy bottle of wine for 8 $9, but they can't afford 30 35 So $15, $20 um, is a good spot. Now, I'll answer the question first, because you guys have a lot of wines that are incredible value, you know, the quality to value. So... I would throw in that if you could find Envenate, that answers the question. But when you think of wines that are good and they're not that costly, what do you think of? Like Muscadet is a good wine that's not... T t tell me what comes to mind with you. No, for example, we, we get Auvernois 10 years ago for 17 euros. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, that's, and I think that right now you can find that maybe in the... The, in the in the market that that good value that maybe in ten years later will be impossible to get. Yeah, but, uh, uh, I think it's harder in the United States than in yes, Europe. But I don't we exactly don't know about fifteen twenty, but but uh, within is not fancy places and in Spain, within is now a very interesting area because now it's coming is a beautiful moment right. for Spanish wines because there are uh, a lot of uh, projects making wine from from vineyards honest wine and, and you can find that and for example like our importer Jose Pastor that he works with a small grower that 30 years ago was impossible to find importers right. that work with the small growers only with big companies you can have a lot of choice and find good producers and great value that you can find I think in that's why importers like Jose Pastor are so important They'll go and seek out, you know, those type of winemakers and bring the wines, you know, to the U.S. Also, you know, if you follow social media, you see a lot of, at least in New York, a lot of sommeliers visiting Galicia and the Canary Islands. You know, they're, they're very big cheerleaders and they talk about the wines and they bring them back, which is a nice thing. Yes. Um, I think that's important. We're very happy. All right. We have a feature on the show called the Weekly Wine Sip. This is where we taste a little wine. Lucky for me, I get to drink a little Envenate because uh, it's, uh, 
not that easy to find. Um, so tell me, tell me uh, what we're tasting. Okay, Benje uh, is uh, is a wine that uh, that is B E N J E. Yes. Okay. It's a native word that means Pico Viejo, and is um, is is a wine from Canary Islands, from Tenerife, from Santiago del Teide. The vineyards are between 1,000 meters to 1,200 meters. Sorry, I don't know in acres, but in that's okay. Acres, but, uh, but is that um, it's very interesting because this uh, this is from from Santiago Teida here the varieties that we have is uh, Listan Prieto. A Listan Prieto is the first variety that arrived in America in via Mexico. That is the so Mission L Grape. L I S T A N Listan. Yeah. P R I E T O. Yes. Prieto. Yes. Okay. That's Mission Grape. Opais in Chile. Ah, okay. Because when the conquest, uh, when the Spanish came to America, they first stopped in Canary Islands. So they dropped the vines, and we have there a lot of Listan Prieto and um, Palomino that is called Listan Blanco. Roberto told before that in, in Canary Islands, we have uh, two different influences, Portuguese influence, Spanish influence. In this place, uh, it's the Spanish influence. And okay. it's this we have there. Listan Prieto, Mission Grape, that is from mainland Spain, this variety, and Listan Blanco, that is the same as Palomino, for the south of Spain, okay? Got it. Um, so this is, you said Tiede, this is right? Santiago del Teide. Tiede, and do you have a winery there? Is that where you... Our, 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 you our are, cellar is in is it, Santiago right. del Teide, in this town. Right, right. All right, so let's... Let's do an evaluation of this. We're going to do color, nose, mouth, feel, palate. I want your take on everything. So let's start with color. It's uh, it's kind of a light garnet. Um, beautiful clarity. Really nice. How would you describe the color? The color, yes, very uh, light, uh, light color. Um, but show... Uh, well, it's uh, light. It's good. You know, it, it gets deep and rich in the middle, which is nice. Yes. Tell me about, I, I suck at this, and you should be an expert by now. Tell me, what do we get on the nose? Okay, on the nose, at the first thing, you, you, you have uh, that you, you always see in the wine from Canary Islands, is that peppery that came from the volcano soil. In this one, you can see the, the, the peppery. I get peppery. The I black, get... Black, black pepper, white pepper, that kind of aromas, but also like... Um, uh, Fruit, red fruit. Yes, you can see a red for red sure. Fruit. Red. I, I get a little salinity. You yes. say pepper, salt, and pepper. I get a little of the. Yeah, but for sure, in, in the Tagenan wines, it's very, very, very more close that the Atlantic Ocean is more salty than here. But mm. Here is a little bit yes. All right, now let's do mouthfeel. Let's throw it over the tongue, and what does it feel like? It's a medium medium light body right yes it's medium light body but this um uh, within that clean you the mouth very very good we think this wine is very good for a lot of a uh, kind of food that is spicy that you cannot uh, pair with the uh, tannins wines because this wine clean you the mouth and, and i have the the feeling of the fruit with the end of the spicy so Get specific. What kind of foods would you say? Did you say Italian? 
No. No. All, all, it's, uh, like, like, what, uh, what a good pairing. Like, for example, uh, Asian food. Asian. Because of the spice. Yes. Indian food. Indian. Spice. BB, BBG. Yes. <laughs> He's a great uh, chef. Um, there's very good acidity on it. All right, now talk to me about the palate. Does the palate reflect the nose? Are the same red fruits on the palate, and do you get the spice in the palate? How would you describe the palate? El porto. We we describe the palate that is uh, at the end always um, comes again the 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 we call the the volcanic terroir that peppery, but in a way very with the fruit. And very soft. I think that what you feel in the in the nose, you it's, can feel it's in very the... much in the mouth. Yes, yes, yes. There's nothing much different. Yes, we we have to to think that our wines in the cellar uh, we don't we don't work with sulfur and we bottle and we add a little sulfur, but a little. And the wines at the beginning are a little tight, but in the mouth you can feel the the the, the freshness. And in the nose sometimes uh, needs a little time because it's, this is 2017. So it's very young. Our wines are making for aging also. The brightness and the freshness, the clarity is incredible. Yes. And for us, it's very important that when you drink a wine, you always want another glass. Uh, I think this wine yes. is like, like it's not easy wine, but you are very, it's very enjoyable, you know, that you... And it's about 12% alcohol, so it's very drinkable in that sense. Um, how was this vintage year? Was it an easy vintage? In this area was very difficult. This was a difficult vintage. This, yes, because this area, uh, 2007, um, Santiago del Teide, is uh, about 1,000 meters altitude, so we are over the clouds. Okay. The clouds that came from the from the Alicia's wind are between 700 to 900 meters. So this area is uh, uh, easy working, dry. You don't need to uh, any treatment, but uh, and you always work with uh, a lot of canopy to protect the grapes from the isolation of the sun because we are in high altitude and the isolation is very high. So in 2017, we have uh, two days of warm, of a high temperature that is not usual. What, what are we talking? Like uh, 30 degrees. Okay. In Canary Islands, it's not a hot place. Right. But in, in 17, in this, in this area, we have was a dry year. And also we have two days with a high temperature, so the the vine get the stress, get blocked, and we had and lose a lot of um, canopy. So we have to make a green harvest to try to balance the ah. the vineyard because uh, the 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 vine can can handle that. So was a bit, but we are very happy with this uh, with the result. We think it's a wine that for sure is going to last at least uh, five ten years, but not like like maybe the 18 or 16. That's what we think. Maybe we open this bottle in 20 right. years. And I would say if you can get your hands on it, drink it. Yes. Drink it now, drink it in a few years. Forget about 8, 10, 12 years. You'll worry about 8, 10, 12 years, 8, 10, 12 years from now. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up. This was the 2017, how do I pronounce, Benhey? Benje, 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 because this is a native Benje. language that came from the the native people. Oh, is that? So it's how they they pronunciation. So what's Benje? And so it's Benje, the 2017. It is a tinto. It is a red, um, and it is one of the wines from the Canary Islands. Um, 
If people want to know more about Envenate wines, what's the best thing for them to do? Go to the website? Go to the vineyards. To Go to the... Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. That means when they get there, you got to see them. All right. We got to wrap up. Let me do just a little quick wrap up and uh, we'll be on our way. If you have a question, suggestion, wine happening or event, hit me up at sam at thegrapenation.com. That's sam at thegrapenation.com. You could follow us on Facebook at The Grape Nation. Follow us on Instagram at sbenruby and the hashtag The Grape Nation. Um, you can also subscribe to our podcast, The Grape Nation, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Like I said earlier, I'm going to post Roberto and Alfonso's wine list, all your cool choices, and I will put more information uh, up about uh, what we drank for our weekly wine sip on our social media sites, which is mostly Facebook and uh, Instagram. Um, if we want to find out more about the wine on social media, where can we follow? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Tell me where. We are a little disaster in social media. You are Luddites. We are okay. disasters, yes. But we try you know to what? <laughs> Self-admitted. Um, Liz, help me here. Um, you can go to... So neither of you guys have any... Uh... We have Instagram. It's Envinate Wine. Okay, so there's at Envinate Wine. That's enough. Okay, so that's enough. So E-N-V-I-N-A-T-E, at Envinate, that is on um, Instagram. And certainly the guys have been traveling, and you've been posting a little. I mean, I've seen a bunch of things, yes, yes, you yes. know, as you come across. So if you want to uh, follow Envinate and know more about the guys, follow them on uh, their social media sites. Again, I'll post them. All right. I want to thank our guests, Roberto Santana and Alfonso Torrente of Envinate. Um, thanks to our engineers at Heritage, and thank you to everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. <laughs>